Let's go to our topic, righteousness. In the previous class, we looked at more than 90 scriptures in between the old, mainly in the old and the New Testament that talks about righteousness, the benefits of being righteous. Like I told you, when I first got born again, when I first started reading the Bible, I would read these scriptures in the Old Testament. But then because I did not know that I was righteous, I would think, oh, this is not for me. This is for somebody who is righteous. I'm not righteous. I'm a sinner. You, nobody knows what I did. Only I know what I did yesterday after being born again. So I was thinking a righteous person is somebody who has been living holy and pure and has reached a certain level that God calls him the righteous man. That was my thinking. But how wrong I was. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are the righteousness of God. And all the promises of God in the Bible for the righteous is yours. It is yours. Hallelujah. Let's look at a few scriptures right now. And if you see in the New Testament, the key word in the epistles, especially Paul's epistles, is righteousness. All the books that you see, all the letters in the New Testament that Paul has written, the main theme will be righteousness, especially in the book of Romans. I would encourage you to read the book of Romans. It is a solid teaching on righteousness. If you look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says, for by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. This verse is the theme scripture for our church, Romans 5.17. It says, you receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And what's the result? You reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. That Script, the word reign means to rule and dominate in life like a king. Isn't that amazing? The gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a gift. You're made righteous the second you're born again. The moment you receive the finished work of Jesus on the cross. You believed and confessed with your mouth the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. You received him as Lord. You are made righteous. Like we saw last week, righteous means, righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of Father God without any sense of guilt or condemnation or shame or inferiority complex. As if the sin never existed. To look boldly at the Father face to face and fellowship with Him and enjoy each other. Hallelujah. That is righteousness. To be righteous means Right standing with God. You are right with God. No matter what, you are right. You are right. Why? Not because of what you did, because of what Jesus did. You received what Jesus did. You, you are right with God. Hallelujah. Every child of God has the same right standing with the Father. Every child. There is no favoritism there. Your righteousness is the same. You can say, brother, but what about this person who has been born again for so many years, who served Lord? Isn't he more righteous than the other? No. No. Your righteousness 
is God's righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made, what? The righteousness of God in him. It does not say some people. It says we. Talking about the person who believes. He became sin, so we are made the righteousness of God. How righteous is God? How righteous is God? You are that righteousness. Hallelujah. That is such a liberating thing. The first time I understood righteousness, it was very much liberating for me. It delivered me from a lot of bondages in my mind. To understand that I'm right with God. Hallelujah. So it is the responsibility of every believer to develop a righteousness consciousness. What do you mean by righteousness consciousness? That means you're consciously aware that I'm righteous. Irrespective of what happens, you're conscious that you're righteous. See, we, most of us, I mean, by default, every person is used to sin consciousness. You're used to sin consciousness. That means no matter what, they know, hey, I have messed up. One time or the other, I have messed up. Every single day, one thing or the other. So you're used to sin consciousness. But Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are in Christ. You are baptized into Christ. There is no more condemnation for you. That condemnation, sin con uh, consciousness is over. Today, you have to develop a righteousness consciousness. That takes time. That comes by meditating on the scriptures of righteousness. Meditating on the word of God that, that declares that you are righteous. And the promises of, that God has for the righteous takes time to develop. The more time you spend meditating on scriptures of righteousness, the more scripture says you're awake to righteousness. You're awake to righteousness. And we saw it's your spirit that is righteous. It's your spirit. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. It says, awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. Wow, look at that. The Apostle Paul is telling the Corinthian church. See, the Corinthian bunch were a nasty bunch. I mean, in the church, they had all kinds of sin happen. In the church, these are born again people. And if you read chapter 1, you'll be thinking, oh, wow, this is such a great bunch of people. Yes, you will. Paul wrote that they lacked in no gift. All the utterance gifts, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit were operating in that church. Everything, the whole nine gifts. But then in chapter 3, Paul says, I cannot speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal. I cannot speak to you as spiritual, but as babes in Christ. Your babies. Paul is writing this. He told them, your babies. So in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34, he's telling them, Hello, guys, wake up to righteousness. Awake to righteousness. 
scripture notes that there was a man who was sleeping with his own stepmother in the church in the church if you look at the history of the of the corinthians the city of corinth was a port city it was developed specifically for business and that too it was known as sin city at that time the main theme of that city was adultery and debauchery it was a city dedicated to the goddess of sex that's where this church is established so the people are still used to the their old way of living so it's not easy to come out of certain habits what you're used to so that's why paul is telling them awake to righteousness what do you mean by awake well, when somebody is sleeping they are not aware of what is happening around them so what do you do wake up wake up i just woke up my children come on wake up wake up guys time to get ready for for uh reading the bible you school will start soon so you wake up to righteousness he's saying wake up know that you are the righteousness of god and what happens it says awake to righteousness and sin not so that means only when you're awake and aware and conscious of the fact that you are the righteousness of god you will stay away from sin but we discussed earlier which part of you is righteous your spirit is righteous your spirit is born again your body remains the same and when we studied spirit soul and body we we understood that every action done by our body is controlled by our mind the soul whatever you fill the soul with it results in an action by the body so the sin that you did after being born again did not originate from your spirit your spirit is exactly like jesus even though you sin your spirit is still righteous because second corinthians 5 you are a new creation which part your spirit and all things about your spirit is of god is there sin in your in your recreated spirit no all things are of god everything about your born again spirit is exactly like god it is the righteousness of god so that sin that you committed after being born again did not originate from your spirit it came because you allowed your mind to be filled with things from the world system that's why you did it so what happens you need to be awake to righteousness the moment you you fill yourself with thoughts of righteousness you are constantly aware i am the righteousness of god you can stay away from sin i'll give you an example this is a a, a hypothetical example consider a believer unmarried young man and an unmarried young girl who's a believer by chance all right they are stuck with each other in a room for a certain period of time see this is a hypothetical situation my advice for all everyone young or old is to stay away from situations where you are alone with the opposite sex right so bible say flee from sin free from every opportunity of sin but now in this situation this young man young young girl they are, they are with each other stuck with each other but they don't know that they are the righteousness of god 
they've been exposed to the worldly thinking what do you think will happen yes what you think will happen but now let's consider the man and the and the girl had been meditating on thoughts of righteousness they know they are the righteousness of god they are right with god they are fully sure and aware of the fact in fact that morning both of them meditated on righteousness and then they got stuck in that in that room with each other what do you think will happen they will shake each other sense praise the lord brother praise the lord sister i know this is a hypothetical example as a believer you need to develop this righteousness consciousness when you understand you are the righteousness of god hey i am the righteousness of god i cannot be doing this i cannot be watching this i cannot be listening to these things they, that that is not from god what happens you are letting the power that is in your spirit the life of god that is in your spirit to flow out right now and it will affect the things around you and it will keep you from sin in fact the more you start practicing it the more it will help you stay away from sin so awake to righteousness and sin not let's look at that verse again 1 corinthians 15:34 awake to righteousness and sin not what did he say for some have not the knowledge of god and i speak this to your shame Paul is saying, "Shame on you! Shame on you, guys! Shame on you, Corinthians! You are not aware of the fact that you are the righteousness of God." Imagine the great apostle Paul coming to your church, looking at you and saying, "Shame on you! You don't know that you are righteous. You are in sin because you don't know you are righteous." Let's look at this scripture in the other way. That means. If you are constantly awake to righteousness you will stay away from from sin and you will not be ashamed I repeat that if you are constantly aware and awake to the fact that you are righteousness of God you are righteous then you will not sin and you will not be put to shame I it is it is heartbreaking it's a fact that at least 85% of christians in the world at one time or the other but not 85 i'm sure more than 95% of christians at one time or the other they've been put to shame because of sin and they and because they were not constantly aware of the fact that they were the righteousness of god in fact if you I've I've read the testimonies of of many pastors and Christians people in the ministry who committed adultery when you ask them why did you do this they said I just yielded to some thinking I just forgot the fact that I am the righteousness of God it was because I exposed myself to certain things for a while See it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. That's why I made sure we went through the topic of spirit soul and body in the beginning before we touched the topic of righteousness. To understand the righteousness of God, you need to know it's your spirit that got born again. It's your spirit 
that is recreated in the exact image of God. Everything about your born again spirit is of God. And as he is, so are you in this world. 1 John. You are the righteousness of God. Righteousness is the main focus of redemption. What is redemption? We will study it in detail. Redemption means to be bought back. Something that belonged to you originally, but it was taken away from you by deception or cheating. Now you are buying it back legally by paying the full price. That is the meaning of redemption. To redeem something means to buy back something, paying a full price. It originally belonged to you. It was taken away from you by deception, illegally. Still, you are paying a full price to buy it back legally so that now nobody can stand against you. That is redemption. And the whole object or focus of redemption is righteousness. God is righteous. And his children are created in his image. Righteous. Righteous. God wanted family. He wanted his children. Hallelujah. So sonship in Christ would be worthless without righteousness. That means, imagine my son standing before me with his face down. He cannot look at me or he's kneeling down before me. Or he won't even enter the same room where I am. Because he can't face me. Because of shame. Because of guilt. That's unimaginable for me. Now think about God. God wanted children. Imagine his children staying away from him. Because they are not right with him. So God doing everything on his part to make sure his children are right with him. That is the theme and focus of redemption. So his children could fellowship with him face to face without any sense of guilt or shame. Fellowship with him. Enjoy him. Hug the father. Boldly come to him. Receive from him. Receive all that he has for his children. That's the focus of redemption. When you pray, if you are not sure you are righteous, you, may, you will not have boldness to receive the answers to your prayer. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Look at this. The eyes of the Lord are where? Where are the eyes of the Lord? Are over the righteous. Who is the righteous? You. So can you be confident that the Lord's eyes are over you? At all times? Yes. Scripture says it. And then what does it say? It says his ears are open to their prayers. Whose prayer? The prayers of the righteous. So can you be confident now that God heard it? Yes. When you are sure that you are righteous, you know, hey, the eyes of the Lord are upon me and he's hearing my prayers. His ears are always open to my prayers. And what is the benefit of the prayer of the righteous? James 5.16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a one righteous man availeth much power. The prayer of one righteous person. One righteous person's prayer. 
So that's the power of being aware that you are righteous. The power of righteousness consciousness. Let's look at the other side. If you are sin conscious, can you come boldly to the Father? No. You are not sure, oh, will God hear my prayer? Will God hear, do I qualify to receive answer to this prayer? Or will I ever be healed? I know God can heal, but will he heal me? I'm a sinner. Remember, brother, my sister, you are not a sinner anymore. It doesn't matter what you did five minutes ago. You are still the righteousness of God because it's your spirit. It's your spirit. Many people say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you are not. You were a sinner. That's your previous identity. That person is gone. All things are passed away. That means so far away it cannot be retrieved anymore. But behold, all things are new. You are the righteousness of God. You were a sinner. You are saved by grace. And now, 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 you are the righteousness of God. You are righteous. Hallelujah. John 17, 23, Jesus said, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in me. Perfect. Your spirit is perfect in Christ. Perfect. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Right with God. That's what your spirit is. That's how your spirit is. Hallelujah. And it did not stop there. It says that the world may know that you sent me and has loved them as you love me. Look at that. How does God love you? Exactly the same way he loved Jesus. And the more you're aware of it, the world will know, man, this man is different. This woman is different. He walks in boldness. Every time he prays, he knows God heard him. Every time he prays, he receives the answer. Why is it so? Because that person knows he is righteous. He knows the eyes of the Lord are upon him. And the Lord's ears are open to his prayers all the time. And he knows that when he prays, power is made available. Unanimous power is made available. And he knows that God loves him exactly like Jesus. So if God heard Jesus' prayer, he will hear your prayer. See the boldness that comes the moment you realize this? The moment you became aware of this? How bold you can be? Wow. Wow. You just come boldly to the Father. Daddy, here I am. I've come again. Thank you. You love me just like you love Jesus. Oh, I'm right with you. I can come boldly to the throne of grace. Into your arms. Your eyes are always on me. Your ears are always open to my prayers. <laughs> so, Daddy, I ask you this in Jesus' name. Thank you, you heard me. Thank you. I receive it. That's the boldness of a child who knows he's righteous. In fact, you are not honoring your position as a son if you don't take your place in righteousness. I'll repeat that. You are not honoring your position as a child, as a son of God, if you are not taking your place in righteousness. 
Nobody else will come and take their place for you. Nobody else will do what you're supposed to do. You need to be aware and awake to the fact that you are righteous. And take that position of righteousness and stand your ground there. I'm the righteousness of God. There is a force that is released when the righteous stands his ground. There is a force that is released when the righteous stands his ground. Hallelujah. Let's look at this. Isaiah chapter 32 verse 17. It says, the work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Wow, that's a tall order. Read it again. The work of righteousness is peace. That is shalom. Nothing missing, nothing bro broken. Prosperity. Everything met. That's the work of righteousness. And then it says the effect. See, unless there is a force, there is no effect. Hallelujah. The effect of standing your ground as the righteous of God as the righteousness of God is what? Quietness and assurance forever. Hallelujah. Go to Isaiah 54. We'll read verse 14 onwards. Verse 14 says, In righteousness shall you be established. Who is he talking to? The believer, the child of God. In righteousness you are established. That means forever. And a building established by God. You're established. How? In righteousness. And then it says, you are far from oppression. Far from oppression. For you shall not fear. Who? The righteous. And from terror, it shall not come near you. No matter what the, the world throws at you, terror shall not come near you. You will not be afraid. To be in terror means constantly oppressed oppressed in your mind that's what this is talking about see this is not talking about physical things it's talking about mental things being oppressed in your mind you can be rich you can have all the all the good things in the world but still be oppressed in your mind in your mind strongholds can be there in your mind so you shall be far from oppression especially in your mind and you shall not fear where is fear in your mind. And you're far from terror. Where, where is terror? In your mind. You can be right in the middle of a war zone, but not be in fear or terror. Jesus said persecution will come. So this is not talking about physical things. Don't be confused. It's talking about in your mind. In your mind, you're established. You're established. Look at the, the next verse. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Look at that. He said right after that verse. So he is definitely not talking about physical oppression. Because the Bible, he said, they will surely gather together uh, against you. So whoever shall gather together against you, they shall fall for your sin. Why? Because... No matter what they try, they cannot oppress you in your mind. They cannot put terror in your mind. You stand there boldly. You do what you want. Want to cut my head? Cut my head. I'm righteous. I know where I'm going. The moment 
my spirit leaves my body, I'm in the presence of God. That's the boldness of a righteous. That's why the righteous is as bold as a lion. The righteous is as bold as a lion. They're not afraid. You can stand in the middle of any storm and stand there. Mm -hmm. Bring it on. Let's see. You gather together against me. You will fall for my sake. My God is working for me. His eyes are on me. Hallelujah. We saw, we read last week, the angel of the Lord encamps around about the righteous. Hallelujah. Angels are there. There is more on your side than their side. Hallelujah. Verse 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Who is saying? The Lord is saying. Why? Because you're righteous. You're righteous. When you're righteous, you can say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Let me see what's going to happen. I don't care what they throw at me. I'm not oppressed in my mind. There is no fear. There is no terror. I stand boldly because I'm righteous. I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know whose eyes are upon me. I know whose ears are always open for me. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm righteous. You can throw whatever you want. It may look to you that I'm going down, but no, you are going down. You fall for my sake. Hallelujah. This is my heritage. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn. Let me testify. I got born again. I had to leave my traditional church. Man, I, I went through the work with my relatives who go to a traditional Orthodox church. They said all kinds of things. But I knew who I was. Thank God for my pastor who taught me these things. So when those people started throwing things against me, I just kept quiet. I knew who I was. I just stood my ground. I did not curse them. I did not say any bad words against them. I did not slander against them. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to establish my mind. I knew who I was. Today, all of those people call me for prayers. All the very same people who spoke against me call me for prayers. When they go through trouble, would you please pray? Yeah, I'm always available. I'm not here to condemn anyone because I'm right with God. I know my prayers will be answered because his eyes are on me and his ears are open to my prayer. Hallelujah. See, this is the will of God for every believer. The force of righteousness. You need to stand on it. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, it's, it talks about prayer, but then there is something else that I want you to observe there. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. All men. Even the people who, who try to oppress you. Even the people who speak things against you. And you can't offer right prayers and supplication and thanks for them if you keep any offense against them. Offense is a big hindrance. You just forgive them. Say, Lord, 
I know I'm right with you. I have no condemnation before you. If I did something wrong, I'm sorry. Thank you. There is no condemnation for me because I'm right with you. Thank you. I can always come boldly to your throne of grace. The throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The God of all creation. Who's my father? Ha. No matter what they say, Lord, I forgive them. I keep no charge against them. It hurt me. Yes, in my mind it hurt me. But I forgive them. Whatever it is. It can be your spouse, your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your own pastor. When you forgive them, when you keep no offense against them, you can pray for them with boldness, in righteousness. And what's the result? It says, for kings, the next verse says, for kings and for all who are in authority. Why? So that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Why? For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. This is good and acceptable. What? That you living in quietness, peace, godliness, and honesty. This is good and acceptable. Hallelujah. Yes, in the midst of all the trouble. In the midst of all the persecution. Look at the things that are happening in Myanmar. I don't want to elaborate on that. A lot of oppression, physically. But I'm getting reports right now. But in spite of the persecution, in spite of, of the things that are happening there, the believers are still standing strong. They're gathering together. They're praying more. They're worshiping God more. They're praying for the government. They're praying for the situation. They're releasing the power of God there. Hallelujah. See, in the midst of trouble, Psalms 91 says, A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. The righteous. If you can believe you are saved, you can believe you are the righteousness of God. I repeat, if you can believe you are saved, you can believe you are the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. This is very powerful. This is strong. My endeavor today is to establish a righteousness consciousness in, in you. You will be aware and awake to the fact that you are righteous. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you. The righteousness of God will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Why? Because your righteousness is from him. God's righteousness. That's what you have received. Romans 3 verse 21 onwards. But now, say now. Now, the righteousness of God Without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Wow, I love this. You see, it says, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. What is the law? You read the book of Exodus and Leviticus, the law is given. I mean, there is a law for everything. What is the purpose of the law? The Bible says the law was a school teacher. Given to instruct them, to show them that, hey, no matter what you do, because of your fallen nature, you can never be perfect. 
that is that is just to show them that no matter what you do in everything that you do there are chances that you will fail why because you are not righteous your spirit is separated from god it is bible says it's a shadow of the perfect thing that is to come the purpose of the law is to show you that hey number 1 you cannot fully satisfy god because your spirit is separated from god so they had to do a lot of things naturally that those were just symbols so it says now the righteousness of god without the law is manifest it means this righteousness is not because you did everything that the law commanded it is not because you did everything perfectly according to the law it says what is this righteousness this is the righteousness of god and how is this given by faith of jesus by faith in jesus and what he did and to whom is it unto all and upon all that believe so what is the condition believe when you believe let's read romans 10 verse 9 and 10 it says if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you are saved you are saved with the heart you believe unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made to salvation with the heart you believe come back to romans 3 said this righteousness of god is unto all and upon all who believe you believe you are made righteous you believe in the finished work of the cross you believed it in your heart and you confess with your mouth lord i believe and receive what you did i believe and receive that you finished work i declare jesus is my lord the moment you declare that you receive the righteousness you're righteous you're born again in your spirit brand new creation hallelujah now verse 23 romans 3:23 it says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god yes this is true many times people say people take this scripture to fight against righteousness hello you don't just take one scripture out of context Yes all have sinned why because you are born with the sin nature in your flesh you received it from adam your spirit is separated from god so what do you have to do you receive the righteousness of god you receive it freely how by believing that's why the very next verse says being justified freely by his grace being justified freely by his grace Yes all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God that's why now you are justified freely no matter what you do no matter how you try to fulfill the law you still fall short so what do you do there's nothing you can do so god gave it freely to you you you're justified justified means just as if you've done nothing wrong you're declared righteous you're justified how freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus remember redemption means what buy back you are purchased 
You were brought back by the work of Christ Jesus. You believed. You received that freely. You received the righteousness freely. So verse 26 says, to declare, I say, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. He justifies him who believes in Jesus. You receive his righteousness, not your righteousness. We missed it. Every other day we miss it. In the 24 hours that you have, every single day, you may miss it multiple times. Naturally, physically. Because as long as we are in this world, we are subject to the lust of the flesh. We may miss it. Nobody is perfect. We may miss it one time or the other. But it's that righteousness that is yours is not given because of your physical performance. It is given because of you, of your belief in Jesus. Because of what you believe. His righteousness to you. Why? Because you believe. Hallelujah. And you receive it by the law of faith. That's what verse 27 says. Verse 28 says, Therefore we conclude, ah, that's the conclusion of the matter. We conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That's the conclusion of the whole matter. A man, any man, is justified. That means declared righteous. How? By faith. Without the works of the law. You don't have to do the works of the law. You are justified Right, declared righteous apart from all that. Luke 16, 16 says, The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. It says the law and the prophet were until John. That means the moment John the Baptist arrived on the scene, the law and prophets were over. It is done with. It is done with. Today, you don't have to try and fulfill everything the law says. You're justified apart from the law. It was over when John the Baptist came. That's what scripture says. And from that time, it's the kingdom of God. Who is in the kingdom of God? Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. We'll read verse 12 and 13. It says, giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated or moved us where into the kingdom of his dear son. It does not say he is going to translate or move you into the kingdom. He has already done it. It does not say he is going to deliver you from the power of darkness. He's already delivered you from the power of darkness. You are already made a partaker of the inheritance of the saints. Hallelujah. You're already in the kingdom of God. So the law and the prophets is done with. It's done with. So come back to Romans 3 verse 28. Let's look at that conclusion again. It says, therefore we conclude, final conclusion, that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Oh, how relieving and liberating this is. If you look at the law, oh my goodness. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, 
verse 15 onwards it's talk it's talking about the curse of the law if you miss it in performing the law man that curse will come upon you that's the old testament and thank god that it is over it was until it was until john since then you have the kingdom you believed and you're declared righteous so that curse is over that curse is no more yours only the blessing is yours as galatians 3:13 christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law oh i don't have to fulfill that law. i don't have to do it because christ fulfilled everything about the law hallelujah so i am declared righteous the blessing is mine the curse is over hallelujah hallelujah you can rejoice about this that's why a true understanding of righteousness is so liberating it is so liberating and you need to be constantly aware of the fact that you're righteous yes you may miss it but are you going to be in condemnation because of that no go to 1 john 1:9 if you sin lord i'm sorry father i'm sorry thank you for the blood of jesus that has declared me the righteousness of god the blood cleanses me of all unrighteousness I am the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. We saw it last week when we studied on communion. The blood cleanses you from all unrighteousness. So you have boldness. You can come bold. You can declare I am still the righteousness of God. Sin consciousness brings fear. You cannot act boldly when you are aware and conscious of sin. it always makes you hesitate to come before the presence of god and the more you are sin conscious the more you want to look at physical things to to have a to be aware that god is moving if you if you need to be you, you will be looking at natural things voice oh, god moving Oh, maybe this is this happened because I sinned. Maybe this happened. This is the punishment of God. Oh, the sickness came upon me. God is punishing me because of what I did. See, you're looking at natural things. Why? Because you're conscious of sin. But righteousness, consciousness. Even if nothing is happening around you, you know, hey, I'm righteous. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. These symptoms cannot stay in my body. It's just the symptoms. Sickness is part of the curse. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Sickness cannot stay in my body. This pain cannot continue in my body. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness, disease, lack, poverty. Hallelujah. You know God is moving. You know that where every time you you speak, God hears. You know your authority. Hallelujah. Jesus he finished the work and he sat down at the right hand of God the Father. He sat down. Said this nothing else to do. Now what does he do? He intercedes for us. He ever lives to intercede for us. That's what Romans 8:34 says. This to intercede for us. Hallelujah. I believe you understood this. The time is up. Today I believe you are, you got this in your heart. you are righteous and be awake to this fact to this truth that you are righteous 
no matter what happens around you, what all the devil tries to put you through, you are still righteous. You stand your ground. You will not be oppressed in your mind. Condemnation will not come in. Depression cannot set in. If you are righteous, conscious, you are, you, depression cannot come in. Righteousness, consciousness pushes away depression. Pushes away all thoughts of fear and terror. You will be bold. You can look any situation face to face, eye to eye. So look at me. I'm not afraid of you. I, I speak in the name of Jesus. You have to go. Bold as a lion. Hallelujah. I believe you got this. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. To the truth that we are righteous. We have boldness. Hallelujah. We are as bold as a lion. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Every tongue that condemns us, we condemn. Hallelujah. That's our heritage, Lord. Thank you so much. We praise you. We worship you. We are grateful for the finished work of the cross. We have believed our righteousness is of God. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every person under the sound of my voice, thank you, Lord, that they are delivered in their mind. Thank you for the liberty that is in Christ. Thank you that they are awake to righteousness. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's take communion. See, communion, like we understood, is an act of remembrance. You're remembering what the broken body and shed blood has accomplished for you. It has redeemed you. See, all these things that we are studying is connected. It's connected to communion. There is no excuse not to take communion. What we learn today is an act of remembrance. We're remembering, wow, because of what Jesus did, I'm righteous. I have bold access to daddy's throne. I have bold access to the riches in glory. Hallelujah. This body that I live in has now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was there in creation. The same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus, that was in Jesus, is now residing in me. This body cannot be sick. Hallelujah. See, that's the boldness. You remember it. It's a privilege and an honor. That's why we take communion. Everything we study is an act of remembrance. This is an act of gratefulness. So what are we doing? We are examining ourselves. We are taking this meal in faith, believing. Let's take this meal. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to remember what the broken body and shed blood of Jesus has accomplished for us. Thank you for the finished work. <laughs> we have boldness, Daddy. We can come boldly and we receive this in the name of Jesus. Everything that you paid for, we are healed, rich, protected, favored, blessed. Ha! <laughs> We have bold access to daddy's throne. We receive, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat and drink. Thank you, Father. It is done. It is done. We believe we receive. Right now. Right now. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father. I sense that somebody's back is being healed right now. 
But as you take this meal, expect, expect the pain in the back to go. That irritation along the spinal cord, in the name of Jesus, speak to me. Be made whole. Be made whole. In Jesus' name, spondylitis is being healed. Unwanted compression. I see a spinal cord. I see a compression in the spinal cord. I see there's some kind of pressure in the spinal cord and it is causing immense pain. I speak to it in Jesus' name. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And all the pain associated with it. Pain in the neck, pain in the lower back, on the side, and difficulty in walking. Thank you. Completely healed and whole in Jesus' name. Completely healed and whole in Jesus' name. Swelling in the legs. Yes, some kind of swelling in the legs. Healed right now. Healed right now. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We receive it, Father. We receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You're blessed.